Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. Good Monday morning, my friends. Michelle here with Ketchikan Chamber on this this Monday. No good weather like last week, that's for sure. Business Matters Monday, and as usual, Dave from the governor's office is on the line. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm great, and hopefully... It's been uh, cloudy and overcast over the past few days, but no rain. No rain? No rain. Well, yeah. So speaking, well, I just got to ask, did you survive the, the big Trump extravaganza? I saw the way there were 5,000 people waiting in line. Holy smokes. Yeah, I mean, there, there were people there, I think, that were camping out in the parking lot the night before. And look, I, I, there isn't a... a musical concert or sporting event. Okay, maybe if the Cubs were into the World Series again, I'd probably do that. But I, I'm not the... I'm not that guy. I uh, I went to the 2016 Republican National Convention in Cleveland. So uh, when people say, "Well, you didn't go go to the rally," I said, "Well, you didn't go to Cleveland. I did." So <laughs> that was traumatizing there. enough, Cleveland. <laughs> You know, weirdly, so really quick uh, Cleveland story, everybody was absolutely convinced and briefed and briefed and briefed that there were going to be, you know, uh, protesters and and your safety was going to be in in danger. Uh, So you had to stay in the security bubble, stay in the security bubble. So one night I got, well, I'm sick of this place. So we crossed the magic line and there were all these bars and restaurants and nobody was in. I'm like, oh, my God, you're from the convention. Please sit down. Cleveland was a nice time. It actually is, and I, I say that in jest. You know, obviously, we've talked many times about how I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and, you know, Cleveland always gets a bad rap, but Cleveland is actually a pretty cool place, and the people are exceedingly friendly. Dare we say Cleveland rocks? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought that was Akron. Akron. Is it, isn't oh, Akron yeah. the rock and roll museum? <laughs> Oh no, the, Cle- uh, the the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame is is in Cleveland, uh, right right down by the river, actually. And so I, I went through that. Like, um, you know, a, a museum about music may sound cool, but I'd, I'd rather listen to music. That's true. That's true. So hey, last time we talked, uh, we were we had Fourth of July on the mind. The budget had just come out, and you said, ah, maybe when we circle back around, we'll talk a little bit about the budget. And what do you think? What do you got to say? What what illuminating facts do you have to share with us? Well, I, I think the, the number one thing that a lot of folks are interested in isn't the size of the dividend. We have a pretty good approximate idea of that. It's more of when will the dividend uh, uh, be, be released. Um, and from what I understand, it'll be one payment. There was some talk about splitting the payments, but, but realistically, with, with the infrastructure and the way the systems are built, if we're in the permanent fund division, it, it just we're, it's not wired that way. Um, so so that, I know that that is something that, that people are, are curious about. Uh, I, I know that especially in Southeast, there are questions about uh, the marine highway system. Uh, so there, uh, we increased the, the spend about 
$22.5 million uh, for fiscal year 23. Um, and, and one of the big challenges that the Marine Highway System presents to everybody is, first of all, you have you have uh, ridership down and, and the age of the fleet. And, and so you've got a, a vessel that's got, what, 45, 50 years in, in service, maybe a little bit longer with with all of the hours of not just sailing but sitting in the water. I mean, a, a plane, and I've said this to others, uh, uh, the life cycle of a 747 is is about 22 to 23 years, depending on how many hours it, it flies in that time frame. So the, the Alaska, some of the Alaska ferries are double in the service time to your average Boeing 747. And, and, and all the maintenance costs and repair costs that are rolled into that. So, so $30 million uh, is, is set aside in receiving authority for the, the replacement. And if the Department of Transportation doesn't have an RFP out yet, they will shortly. Uh, because uh, you know, a, a ferry isn't just something that you can buy off the shelf. It, it's 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 a specialized craft with with the, the duties in Alaska a little bit different than some of the islands in in, in Washington State. Like uh, I forget you know the ferry that steams out of Anacortes and hits those those islands in that region there. So you know that is uh, a. a uh, our renewed uh, commitment to the marine highway system and the Alaskans that are impacted by its service. Okay, so I've got a question for you, and I, I just can't, I just can't remember. And obviously, I don't have it in front of me. Um, for a while there, there was some talk about um, ensuring that any ferries would be built or repaired in the state of Alaska, and then that wasn't the way that was for some time. And is it now back to using a buy Alaska theory? Because obviously, people in Ketchikan have a vested interest since vigor is right here. You know, I, I am not quite sure. What what how that applies to this? I, I am I I the 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 sourcing part. That's more of a DOT question. I, I can tell you about the dollars allocated and set aside. Um, I, I just don't know uh, enough about any particular requirement for uh, an Alaska ferry to be uh, fabricated and put together at, at the shipyard in Ketchikan. So I, I can send a note to DOT and find out if that applies. And that, that would you'll, be you'll have it. Yeah. That would be good. Hey, I, you know, the other interesting thing. So is, here's the inverse of that question. I mean, so let's say that it does apply, and the ferry has to be fabricated in Ketchikan. One of the challenges that, and you know this, that, that every uh, employer has is, is people and staff. So, I, I, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if if, if uh, the, the the shipyard in Ketchikan could start fabbing uh, a ferry tomorrow, or what the what the spool up would be. But every every major manufacturing enterprise has labor challenges and and material challenges that are are a huge factor in acquiring, building, retrofitting anything uh, of this size and scope. 
No, I agree. And then that would be something I could check on for you um, since the the bigger folks are on the Chamber Board of Directors. Uh, so so another, another question, which I just find kind of found interesting, all right? So you see some of the headlines if, you know, you're scrolling through your phone and reading the news or, or reading some papers. Um, oh, $5 million cut from the Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute's budget. Well, then I heard subsequently an article that kind of explained the backstory on all of that. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but it went something like this. Yes, $5 million was cut from the Seafood Marketing Institute's budget. However, they had federal funding from during COVID. Uh, it was actually like more than that amount, which would then cover them for this year. So had they gotten that $5 million, they would have actually had this huge surplus of a budget. So you guys took that money, the $5 million, and put it elsewhere because they already have those operating funds in place for this uh, this fiscal year. Am I right on that? Are, are, you, are, are you saying that in an election year, people would miscategorize and not get the full story as to what a veto entails and the reasoning <laughs> behind it? I am shocked, shocked to find gambling in this establishment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so it, it was very interesting. So, you know, when people have questions about the budget, I would urge you to, rather than read the headlines, to actually do a little bit of research because there's some in-depth details that you might not be aware of uh, in terms of what what people what the logics were behind various cuts or funding sources and so on and so forth. Correct? Oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 the, the governor vetoed pay increases for uh, folks in Department of Law, and, and people were outraged. Then, as as the governor noted, he said, "Well, the legislature just passed a law covering pay increases. These this money set aside was sort of a fail safe measure in case that legislation didn't pass this legislation. So, yeah, you know, oh, you know, it's not a cut. It, if you reduce the size of an increase, then it is draconian." measures taken by an administration because they want they don't like puppies they want grandma out on the street (laughs) (laughs) only in government when you cut this when you reduce the amount of an increase are you characterized as cutting the budget and that's yeah not not accurate at all well so what are some of the other highlights from the budget that people might be interested in learning more about well, so we, of course, uh, increases in public safety. Uh, and public safety has been an issue that, that uh, since the passage of SB 91 a few years ago and the subsequent re- repeal in the first year of this administration, we've seen uh, a downward tick in property and some other crimes. Of course, uh, uh, sexual assault and, and domestic violence crimes continue to be a problem that plague the state, and that's why the governor launched that People First initiative. The other uh, uh, is is education. Not only uh, was enough money set aside for next year's education budget, you know, the the uh, the, the formula that, that the state of Alaska funds every year by law, uh, with the passage of the Alaska Reads Act, additional resources were put into pre-K as well as uh, other funds for school districts. So instead of just throwing money at education, which each parent gets sick and tired of, the, a bipartisan effort uh, spearheaded by the governor working with uh, now soon to be former Senator uh, Tom Begich, uh, we actually have accountability 
specifically in reading in schools across the state. So it isn't perfect. It doesn't fix all of the challenges Alaska students face. But if you were to say, okay, you, you funded to increase education funding and you have accountability and outcomes, I, I think reasonable people, especially parents, would be pretty happy with the end results. No, I agree. I agree. After serving seven years on the school board here in Ketchikan, I, I would agree with that. And that's been actually something that has been discussed uh, both locally and regionally and statewide for years and years and years. So to finally see it come to fruition is is really interesting. Really, really interesting. So, uh, yeah. So you got some good things happening in the budget and uh, we're off to the races. Off to the races. You're taking the rest of the summer off then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my niece is coming up for eight days from Texas, so I have all of the pre-work to do, although I would argue that a uh, uh, an 18-year-old isn't terribly needy. Uh, I will be getting ready for that here <laughs> starting this evening, as a matter of fact. So, Well, the only thing you'll have to make sure and do is indoctrinate her properly to, to avoid the notion that Texas is the best. <laughs> oh, she was born and raised here. Her family moved to Texas years ago, but she she said she wants to go uh, and, and, and get a, a tattoo uh, that, that has McKinley on it so that the, the deprogramming uh, begins almost immediately. Fantastic. I love it. Well, hey, thank you so much for calling in. You bet. All right. Have, have a great, great rest week. of your week. Bye-bye. Cheers. There you have it. Uh, the always entertaining governor's office and quite informative today hey in the house today i've got dana cherry from northrum bank chamber member and we've got some folks that are going to call in uh you know what's really interesting is we were talking and there was a lot of stuff um i have a very good friend in juno who works for northrum has for for quite some time um but I, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know and hey, let me let me set this up because you have various all good I, I would say financial institutions around town right yeah mm-hmm. and you have some of the local ones that are uh, known as local like First Bank and Tongas Federal Credit Union um, and those and then it, it's easy to assume when you think about a Wells Fargo a Key Bank a Northrum uh, maybe even a credit union one that, you know, oh, there's these massive behemoth organizations and they really don't do anything locally. But that's not true. That's not true. You guys have some things and you kind of sent me a little list and I was like, really? <laughs> I had no idea. Like, all right, so here's my first question. You are an all Alaska community bank. Uh, I don't even know what that means, but that sounds really cool. <laughs> it, it is really cool. Um, we are 100% 907. Uh, we are footprinted all across the state of Alaska, every, from Fairbanks down to southeast. And so we are very much rooted in the Alaskan communities, uh, very well-versed in their different economic needs and that kind of thing. So it's really fun to come on and work for an all-Alaskan bank. Oh, okay. I thought it was like some sort of an award. It should be an award, but I thought it was like <laughs> we, some... we take pride in it. Yeah, so we'll right. Consider an, it an award. Well, so. I just I, I didn't I didn't know. That's really cool. So you are local. You're just let's call it multi-local. Mm-hmm. Sure. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so you are here in Ketchikan. Tell me about your team in Ketchikan. So I have a fabulous staff. Um, I which am... I agree by the way when I stopped in. <laughs> they are. They've been there long term. I have Nettie Manabat, um, Michelle Rojas, and John Lynn Escaris. 
um, the three of them have been with the bank for between six and nine years uh, between the three of them. And then we have Tiffany Brown, who's our loan assistant, and she helps out with everything commercial lending. And she has she brings 25 years of lending experience to the bank. Oh, wow. Um, she's been with us for a little over a year. And so really well-versed, very uh, d- great expertise with the staff. And so just couldn't be happier. Well, okay, so this is the other thing, um, and I, and this is kind of a misnomer, right? Um, when I'm going to take out a loan, um, when you think of a big organization, mm-hmm. um, you think I'm going to go, and many organizations, almost all of them, as a matter of fact, all of them, offer like, oh, I'm going to go apply for an auto loan, uh, and I can just fill out this form online. When you think of a larger organization, you think that that just goes zoop, off to some big corporate office in the sky, but you were telling me that's not the case. No, it's not. And it's actually something that really attracted me to North Rim. Our decisions are made locally. So at some point, I'm a little bit newer to the bank. I've been there about a little over 60 days. And so eventually I'll have some but lending. But you've been authority. in local lending I've been in local forever. lending for yeah. a while. And so in, historically in my career, yes, that's absolutely true. You take an application, it gets decisioned by somebody in who knows where, right? Not true here. I know the people that are making the decisions. The, de- the decisions are being made in Alaska by, again, Alaskans. And it's typically by somebody that is within the region. And so there's a lot of, ex- again, expertise in what goes into the different types of loan requests that are being um, applied for. Okay, so like let, let's set up a possible scenario here. <laughs> the possible scenario could be something like this. Um, so if you're applying for a loan, there's certain lending ratios, like debt to income ratios. Mm-hmm. But in, in some circumstances, those might seem out of whack on mm-hmm. paper, but in real life, they are, that, that's not really the case. That's right. not really the case. So if you just look at the straight numbers up and down, um, and, you know, in, in some lending scenario, quite you're in the, this business, not me, <laughs> say someone's um, rental property income mm-hmm. uh, maybe would not normally come into play, but you know that person, you and they you know that they've had that rental property for, say, 10 years, and this mm-hmm. is a steady deal, blah, blah, blah. And maybe that would factor into a different decision mm-hmm. as opposed to just that typical formula, like mm-hmm. A plus B equals C. Maybe that's not the case because you know the person. Well, and it's interesting you say that because I'm finding and have found, especially with commercial lending, because we are very heavily seated in commercial lending, but those deals are never cookie cutter. (laughs) It's like every business is different. Yes, there are debt service. You have to have debt coverage. You have to have some things that make sense, like, okay, you're going to be able to pay us back, right? Right. However, you're absolutely right. When you're looking at a deal, you've got to factor in industry. You've got to factor in what's going on in the economy. You've got to factor in longevity management style. Like, there's plenty of things that go into these decision-making process. And again, it's kind of nice to be able to say, hey, I know this person in the community. This is their track record. And if you're going to like a loan committee or if you're, you know, talking to the approving officer, here's all the factors that make sense. And this is why it makes sense. And here's some, you know, here's some deterrence that we may want to take a look at. But you can, it doesn't have to fit inside of a box. It's not a cookie cutter deal. And I think that's a lot of what I love about, again, all Alaska, 100% 907, you know, you get you get that attention to the detail and you get people that are like, okay, do you believe in this business? I do. Okay, 
let's do the deal. Well, and, and, and here's another thing that I didn't, I mean, you guys are huge with the SBA, right? Oh my gosh. Which uh-huh. obviously the chamber <laughs> is fully in support of. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of Alaskan businesses were helped over the pandemic with the PPP, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program. We helped over almost 6,000 um, Alaska businesses through the pandemic. You guys and were like number one in we the state on that, right? Number one in the state. Um, smokes. We have been You're working around the clock. <laughs> they, and, and honestly, they're, they're, that's exactly what happened. Uh, we had our IT folks working on deals. You know, this was before my time with the bank, but I have seen and heard, you know, the fruits of those labors. And so you have a lot of raving fans out there because we helped them through that really difficult time. And so, oh, well, my oh, time was of the end. <laughs> It right? really well, was. It still is for a lot of people. But yeah. anyway, but it, in particular, I mean, it was like mission critical. It was. It was. And I I cannot say enough of how I, I was a lender during the PPP process. I know what it was like. And so to come to the, this bank that has that accolade of being the number one lender in the state was pretty, pretty cool because I know what went into that. We also, which is really um exciting 2019 2020 and 2021 we are the uh sba lender of the year and so, so how do you get that award? that's a cool feather you do to a have, lot of sba makeup. loans <laughs> well but i mean is it being, you, okay so yes um you could be like top volume getter mm-hmm. for the sba but do they take into other um cons- consideration of other things so for example you're the top sba lender of the year because not only do, did you do this huge volume of sba loans mm-hmm. which is very cool in my opinion but you had this extraordinary level of service or you know right. how what what's that well, and that's look kind like? of falls into being a preferred lender and so you know the sba they'll work with you know, a lot of people, but there are preferred lenders. And so we are in that status. So it's a streamlined, a little bit more of a streamlined process. We've developed, you know, um, a reputation with the SBA. Uh, they know that we're pretty good for our word when we underwrite these deals and send them off for that guarantee. And so there's a lot of trust and rapport built there. And so that's part of how, you know, they determine that, that uh, preferred lender status. You can't see me, but I've got my finger in the air because <laughs> the really interesting thing is that, and, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't know what kind of goes behind the, on behind the scenes at the mm-hmm. chamber, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they see some of the cool events that we do, like a, the 4th of July parade um, and Merry Merchants and Munch and stuff like that. But there's a lot of behind the scenes work. We get a high volume of phone calls from people who have various questions exactly about the SBA, um, either because they are expanding their business, uh, mm-hmm. they're branching off and starting a new division of their business, mm-hmm. or in cases, uh, more often than not, it seems like in the last year and a half, which to me is just neat, um, people are starting new businesses. Mm-hmm. And they're looking, you know, I've got this idea, and that they'll call us, and they'll say, so point me in the right direction. How do I do this? How do I do that? Now, more often than not, um, I'll refer them over to uh, Grow Catch Can, who is mm-hmm. inside the chamber offices, because she specifically just, like, SBA, 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 but she tries to kind of get things in order in terms of the business plan, because when they finally pop on your doorstep, um, which we send out a lot of referrals, people. You may not know you're getting a referral from us, but the volume is high. Um, 
But with that being said, they, then they've kind of got their ducks in a row by the time they, they, they come see you. It's really been fascinating to me, in, especially since the pandemic. I had not seen this uh, so much prior to the pandemic. A, the high volume of new businesses starting in town yeah, is huge. It is. Um, and the number of businesses that are completely, um, if not partially, kind of reinventing themselves. Mm -hmm. So they really had a time to kind of take a look at their whole their whole deal and say, well, you know, maybe it would be better if we offered this, mm -hmm. or maybe we shouldn't do that anymore, or, you know, you know how it goes, mm -hmm. right? And to me, that's just very fascinating, and I I believe it's the sign of a very vibrant community. Mm -hmm. um, all you got, guys, all you got to do is drive downtown, <laughs> drive up and down Tongas, drive anywhere on this island. There's something new popping up or something changing and right. people doing new things. Uh, I mean, it's it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's, we're here to to support that growth. And that is part of um, our vision and part of our mission is to help communities grow and help businesses grow and thrive. And so uh, there is a definite uh, culture around that with Northrem. And again, we have the luxury of having industry experts that can help with a lot of that, even coming out of the pandemic. You know, we are going to see some different trends. There's going to be some some things that, you know, we're going to have to help people prepare for. And I think people are going to be more mindful. But these industry experts are great about being able to point people in the right direction. Like I've seen X amount of businesses and here's how the, you know, the ones that are successful weather these storms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're coming out of one. Hopefully we're going to continue to come out of this. And, you know, now is a great time to expand. Now is a great time to be creative. And uh, it's really exciting to be part of an organization that really supports that growth and wants to help with that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how... I how are people reacting to interest rates? <laughs> I mean, and so because you guys have residential mortgage. We do. That's the name of a company, people. It, it, <laughs> there are residential mortgages, <laughs> and there's the company Residential Mortgage that's owned by Northern Bank. Yeah, they're a wholly owned subsidiary of ours, and consequently, um, they do a lot of business in the state of Alaska. Um, they're a very pro prolific lender, and so it's great to have them as a sister company. Mm -hmm. um, I was hoping that my partner Bethany would. I'm um, looking call at the phone. I know. <laughs> I don't see. Maybe I she's being so entertained by you. <laughs> um, so yes, the interest rate market has you know, increase. There's a lot of, uh, there's been the volatility. It's, it, it was coming. Um, but at the same time, people still need to buy homes. Right. They still need money for home improvements. They still need, you know, to refinance for whatever reasons. And so the the market is still there. It's just a different environment. Huh. Ah, Maybe she got your message. On cue. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, good morning. You are on First City Forum. she there? Are you there? Justin. Uh, she's there. You're Bethany, here. How are you? <laughs> Is Casey, are you there too? Did you make it in? Yep, I'm here. Great. All right. Perfect. So, hey guys, thanks for calling in. This is great. And um, why don't you introduce your colleagues? Sure. Diana. So, um, Bethany Gasson, she's our uh, residential mortgage rep. Uh, she's, I'll let her give you a little bit of background, but she's just fabulous to work with. And then we have Casey Campbell on the line. He's a commercial um, loan officer. He helps us um, support Southeast out of Sitka. 
and it comes to the bank very well versed in many different industries and so <laughs> some good industry experts on with us oh that's cool hey bethany i noticed so you guys do a whole bunch of of home residential uh, lending in the state of alaska but i also noticed that you can also do lending in washington idaho nevada arizona and colorado which i think ironically i mean if you if you kind of hear about people in ketchikan they've they have vacation homes in those areas so why don't you talk do. a little bit about yourself <laughs> and what you bring to the table because i i didn't know that <laughs> We are a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Northrim. And as I like to explain, uh, Northrim has owned a piece of us since the very beginning. But when our owners decided to retire, they um, we've been working together up north for years. So it may be a fairly newer, and I say in the last six or seven years, down at Southeast, but up north, this has been a relationship that's been formed for since, since the inception of residential mortgage, which is a, an amazing uh, relationship. And um, so we have the um, states that I, we have I, are all states that we end up even doing second homes or um, their eventual retirement homes. So we love to help our Alaska clients either become snowbirds or transition into the next part or have that, uh, that place that they want to go vacation, <laughs> which right? is the other great part. <laughs> Those are the fun ones. <laughs> So I've got a question for you. How with the with the interest rate, the interest rates are and, you know, it's not like you guys control that. Um, but, you know, they're they're kind of creeping up there. Um, are you thinking that people are looking and you're you're kind of recommending a, a different product array? So, for example, maybe maybe you don't want to do a 30 year fixed right now on a, a conventional um, or an FHA or whatever, uh, but maybe you want to take a look at a, a 10-1 adjustable rate mortgage. It, it, tell me a little bit about what... It what really depends. You know, I've always um, looked and asked for people's long-term plans because their long-term plan helps them plan now because this is one of the biggest, biggest purchases they'll ever make. And so asking them the bigger questions helps define or give better options or what that could look like. And for some people, that will be a better option. And for some, it's not. And as I, I, I'm, when I do home buyer education, I'm, I'm known as the ice cream cone lady because I do training and I use this visual of an ice cream cone of how you build loans. They're not vanilla anymore. They can all be structured in many different flavor, size, shapes. So really knowing their long-term plan is a big, big piece of helping guide people more just in buying today, but planning for the future. Well, and what about the folks, you know, and Dana, you kind of, you touched on this a little bit, but, you know, people who are looking to do home improvements for one thing or another, you know, maybe they're at a point with their existing property where it kind of needs some improvements. Um, tell, tell me how that works. And if, and then I have a question, you know, what if someone has a, a, a regular, my primary mortgage is with a different lender, but maybe I, I want to go through residential mortgage for a HELOC or, or something like that. How's that work? So the first question, we have uh, two renovation programs. So we know that Southeast Alaska um, has some properties that need some TLC. And so we have a purchase renovation program um, and I don't know if we're the highest by any means, but I know we have on the higher limit um, than some of how much we can do for that. So that's a great product. And then we also have a refinance renovation. So maybe you're 
um, have a home that you know needs some some things and the HELOC isn't your best answer because sometimes the HELOC is the better answer. But that's where we look with the um, the bank on the bank side. So Deanna would handle the um, home equity line of credit and I would be looking at the renovation and we compare the two and then figure out what's their best route to go. So all of them are options. It just depends on, again, what, where, how long are you going to take it to pay back? What's your current mortgage? How much do you need? Right? So those are all questions that play into which direction is best for you. I think it's really cool that you guys talk together because, uh, you know, in so many cases, and this isn't your industry specific, but you'll walk in and as a customer, you look like, or you even say as the customer, well, I want this. And so, okay, we'll sell you that. <laughs> right. But maybe that's not the smartest thing for you to get into. Nope. Maybe there's a wiser move. I like the fact that you guys consult with each other and get the customer down the right path. We, you know, I really like the whole the team aspect, and I love working with my colleagues because we want to deal with the whole person financially, not just one product at a time, right? And so, looking at their whole picture allows us to be of better service to them. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, flipping it over to Casey for a second. Casey, you know, this is interesting. I didn't know this. Um, by shame on me, quite frankly. You guys actually work in a ton of different industries, right? Um, in terms of, of business lending, you've got a lot of flexibility because you work with fishing, mining, tourism. I mean, it's across the board, right? Yep. Yeah, no, we work with every business, you know, every industry across Alaska. Um and, you know, we have people, you know, not every banker is first in every industry, but we have lots of different bankers across the state who um, not necessarily specialize, but maybe have more expertise than others. And having the, the size of the institution that we have, it allows us to get to know each other and, and know the right people to call on if, if a customer comes in with something we're not, we're not an expert in. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty... You kind of have to be in Alaska. You know, there's so many different industries. There's so much seasonality. Um, and, and having bankers who understand that and can work with their customers is vital. That's interesting. Well, I, I don't even know if you guys can answer this. And I, I, it's going to either be Dana or Casey. Um, what's the average size of business loan? And <laughs> maybe just in Southeast. Is there an average? That's a great I'm going to say there's an average. That's, that's a really good question. Um, and again, it, it, a lot of it comes down to really the industry that we're working with. Um, you know, a lot of tourism-based um, businesses that maybe are retail-focused, those loans are typically going to be smaller, like maybe south of 200000 You get into the, the, you know, the businesses who are focused on Maybe the commercial real estate that's involved; those can be, you know, easily five hundred thousand up to a couple million. Um, you get into the fishing industry; that can get really fragmented depending on, you know, gear groups and different things like that. Um, so I wouldn't say that there's really just like an average size across the board, um, which is another thing that really helps. Like our institution, a lot of people have a lot of different expertises. You know, um, like Dana can, it would be a great one to work with on maybe, you know, a smaller type deal. I've done deals as large as, um, you know, $60 million in previous roles. So, like, we all just bring a little bit different uh, expertise and lens to it, uh, which I think 
which is really nice. And so I would say not an average size, but um, Nordstrom is able to take care of pretty much any customer that I've ran across so far in Southeast. You know what? So, all right. So you kind of set me up for my next question, because (laughs) before you guys hopped on the line, we were kind of chatting a little bit about this proliferation of new small businesses in Ketchikan. It's like they're popping up all over the place. It's like this garden pop up there, pop up there. Is there a, a super, is there like a low in terms of, you know, I, maybe I have my business idea and I'm intentionally starting uh, almost like micro size right now with the the sense that I will grow, but I'm going to play it conservative now. Is there a, a basement in terms of I mean, I guess it was fifteen hundred bucks. You tell me to put it on my credit card. <laughs> well, and that's just it. I think it really has to make sense for the business. Um, I, I don't know that there is a basement, but you know, we—that's yeah, the wrong word. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think when we talk to businesses, we really ask, you know, what are what's our long-term vision? What are we looking for? What are, what is this money? you know, t- going to be for, is a loan the right thing to do right now? You know, so, I mean, we we can do, I had an application last week for a $25,000 line of credit. And so uh, it, it can be, it can be anything. It can be anything, really. Well, it's cool to know that that flexibility is there mm-hmm. um, because all over, you know, the these new startups are literally all over the map, mm-hmm. uh, not geographically only, but idea-wise. And so mm-hmm. the needs are different. The mm-hmm. needs are different. Casey, where where are you located? Uh, did I hear that you're in Sitka? But you probably come to Ketchikan. Yeah, I'm actually in Sitka, and then I get to travel to Ketchikan, and I... Uh, I get to I get to kind of go wherever the deals are, um, so I'm really lucky to be able to do that. Um, and one of the things I I'd add is that one of the one thing customers really should think about when thinking about approaching a bank or something is really look to bankers to be advisors. We get to see a lot of different things, and so sometimes you can come in with an idea and you can talk through that idea. And maybe a loan, like Dean said, isn't the appropriate tool for this phase of your business. Um, and we can help point people in different directions as well. But, yeah, right now I'm in Sitka today. Cool. <laughs> today. Okay, we'll see you in Ketchikan next week, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's very cool. All right, Casey, first, how do, you, how do folks get a hold of you? Um, let's see. Lots of different ways. Um, I'm on our website. Dana's got my contact, my email, my phone number. Um, people can just reach out to her directly. Um, nice. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Pretty easy. I'm, Stop Stop! Stop! local in Northam. If you don't know where Northam is, they're over by Safeway. And so it's a real convenient stop right there. Bethany, what is the website for Residential Mortgage? Um, well, I actually have my own website, so you can go to my website at bethanygaplin.com. Oh, nice. Um, that's through Residential Mortgage. So they can find me direct with my name, and um, it's got my email address and my cell phone number and my direct line. So I am available uh, to help all of Southeast and anywhere else they're headed in the States, I do. <laughs> Very cool. And her last name, just so you know, it's Bethany, B-E-T-H-A-N-Y, last name G-A-S-S-A-N. 
So just so you know. And, you know, as always, Dana's right here in <laughs> Catch Can at the Northam location. So if you have any questions or maybe you're just like, oh, I couldn't find that. Um, whatever it may be, you can just stop in over there. They're great folks. Very, very friendly. And, uh, hey, guys, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate your time. We appreciate you. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you, Casey. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. Glad little, they were able to make it on. Conference they... call situation. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? It, to me, was interesting is that, um, so they're on the phone. You're here. I could literally tell. Um, I just got the feeling that you guys have that vibe of working together. Mm-hmm. You could, I could just feel it. And that's something that is very, um, again, 60-day newer employee. And I was, it was so refreshing, you know, very refreshing to have that camaraderie. And it was, it was pretty quick. <laughs> and so, you know, we talk to each other on the phone, we um, voice conference, we do all kinds of fun things. And so they are very, um, very ready to help. Mm-hmm. And they want, you know, they want their clients to succeed and they want their coworkers to be able to have the tools you know, in their belt to help too. So nice, all over group. the nine oh seven. Yep, all Alaska. So very yeah. cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So all right. So you guys are located over over near Safeway. Mm-hmm. Walk in all the time, and mm-hmm. uh, that's great. And how how can people reach you locally? So you can reach me via phone. Uh, my phone number. I have to look at my email because, of course, I haven't quite memorized it yet. Is nine oh seven two two eight four six five two. Uh, you can email me. My email address is my first name, Dana, D-A-N-A, dot cherry, just like the fruit, C-H-E-R-R-Y, at nrim.com. And I would be happy to, you know, talk to anybody about anything. And um, I'm just really excited to uh, be a part of Northrim and be a part of the Catch Can community. Yeah, stop in and say hi. And I think we're I got a little something up our sleeves and possibly doing an event over at Northrim, right? We're talking about it. Yes, we I love it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for stopping in. Hey, folks, don't forget the Chamber Newsletter comes out every Monday. So look in your inbox. We're going to take a a little bit of a lull in the action, I'm calling it, after the July 4th uh, mayhem, if you will. Uh, But want to give a big shout out to all of the wonderful volunteers that help in putting that parade together. And uh, look for more exciting things happening uh, in your chamber. New members all the time and uh, just all sorts of stuff. And if we can help you promote something or share something that's going on in your business with our chamber members and the public don't hesitate to let us know shoot me an email info at catchcanchamber.com that'll do it for today have a great rest of your week